Are you struggling to contribute at Trivia Night? Do you find that the subjects of high school tend to cause you fright? Not to worry, we've got a solution of sorts A variety of topics and comedic retorts Your mind's awake, but your body's at ease When you're listening to Topical Breeze Welcome back to another episode of Topical Breeze Topical Breeze That can't be it, right? Topical Breeze Thank you, Stevie Um... (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to come after you so hard at the beginning of an episode, Stevie. That's all right, man. That's Stevie's voice? Come on. So this is uh, this is the show where uh, Nathan and I, Andy, take turns uh, giving each other topics. And we, we, we explain topics to each other. And, and, you know, we kind of go in depth and we see where the conversation takes go us. Go in depth or go out of depth. Yeah. We... we, we we got our scuba license. <laughs> you know, we're just two dudes shooting the breeze about the a topic. Topical breeze. Yeah. How how many how many shows you know that just really dissect the name of their own show? Plenty. Really? Yeah. All right. I should get out more. Um. Well, so I am a math boy, but this week I have I have taken a venture into English. So English, the 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 subject for for today's ep episode is, is is thank you is English. Um, um we're gonna be taking a look at um a few excerpts. Yeah, what's the what's the what's the title of this topic? So the title of this topic is Central Park. Okay. Yeah. New York City. New York City. Hey, Stay I'm walking here. Hey, forget about it. Um. Nice. Yeah. So, what do you know about Central Park? It's a large park in the middle of New York City. Um, surrounded by buildings. There's a zoo. There is a There's, zoo. There's um, a lot of greenery. There is a lot of greenery. Um, I so, it's in a lot of movies. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. So, Central Park um, is in the middle of Manhattan. Which is call me crazy. Yeah. There's Park Avenue next to Central Park. I, I I can't say for certain. I'll Google Maps it real quick. Okay, um, it is the most visited park in the U.S. It has an estimated 42 million visitors annually. Um, it covers 843 acres, and is literally just a rectangle in the middle of Manhattan. Right. 843 acres, but it takes up a a huge portion of manhattan yeah i'm looking at it on the map right now yeah it's a long rectangle it, it is long i mean you can it, it you can walk for hours in central park and kind of lose yourself it's the fifth largest um park in the city but i mean there's a lot of a lot of huge huge parks i mean the city referring to all of the boroughs so gotcha. to cram to cram such a large amount of space into Manhattan, which is already packed as it is, is kind of a, an impressive feat. Right. Um, you've no never way. you've never been to New York, no, sir. Okay. Um, so the kind of history of the Central Park, um, it was proposed in the ninth. Uh, I'm sorry, in the 1840s, um, and in 1853, it was approved to cover 778 acres, um, 
However, uh, the guy who won the bid, I guess, uh, the design competition bid for the park uh, was a guy named Frederick Law Olmsted. Oh, I, I've heard of this guy. Okay, we're going to talk a lot about Olmsted later. Um, but he kind of created this park um, as a means of allowing an escape from the city. Sure, right? absolutely. I mean, that's that's the whole yeah, the point. It never sleeps, you know. The city never sleeps. So just before we get into this, um, so Frederick Law Olmsted's um, main kind of philosophical design um, ideas, um, he likes that he wants to emphasize what is already there naturally, right? He wants to design something that doesn't call attention to, to the design. He wants, he wants to, he wants to have people literally lose themselves in nature. This is hard to do because by the mid 1800s, Manhattan is already a bustling borough. So we're going to kind of talk about that. Um, as we go, we'll, we'll get more into Olmsted. So today we're looking at um, um, a work by Colson Whitehead. Um, he wrote this this book called The Colossus of New York, and it's broken up into different sections, um, different topics. One one of his topics is Central Park. It's real stream of consciousness. It it okay. seems like the dude just went into different parts of the city with a journal and just wrote down his thoughts and the things that he heard. So it's kind of all over the place. And the and each main section, like under Central Park, there's a bunch okay. of just little paragraphs. And each paragraph has a slightly different theme. So it's just kind of like this dude's thoughts. Pretty much. It, that's, I mean, it's obviously a little edited, but sure. for the most part, it's it's pretty stream of consciousness. Um, just like his thoughts on different stuff in the city? I mean, like, yeah. Some of it is just observation. Some of it is... is um, oh, this building makes me think of my childhood. Kind of, but it's more. Um, when you're reading the book, it, it it feels like you're in like a crime noir movie, and there's like light jazz in the background. It's always raining uh, and a little smoky. Like that's that's the vibe I get when I read this book. Okay. Um, so I want to read. I'm gonna read um, an excerpt here um, from the book under his section of Central Park. So this is just one of his paragraphs. Um, it says, watch out for horses and wake manure. Watch out for humans on conveyances. Trusted servants heave wheelchaired heiresses. Rollerblading yuppies burn off brunch. Always some jerk on a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> There's always some uh, fucking right. jerk on a unicycle. Yeah, it right? really is. A yogi demonstrates his amazing powers and mimes on their day off expound endlessly. In the air, softballs shuttle, frisbees wobble, and epithets hurl. Hurdle, they don't throw up. I was going to say. <laughs> epithets. Epith- epithets? Epithets? How do you say that? What are you reading? I thought you said epitaphs. I don't know. Epitaphs. No, that's not a word. Um, it is a word. Frisbee's wobble and epithets hurdle. Some things are more easily caught than others. I feel like that line would have more importance if I knew what an epithet was. Oh, right. (laughs) This gang on skates explodes from the left and right of him and fly from him like sparks. So you lie, flat on your back in the grass. Such a rich blue. What are you thinking about? Nothing. She calls this rise Heartbreak Hill because that's what it is. 
For three years out of key with his time, he studied the ancient martial arts in order to stand here looking stupid practicing in public. Dead men dynamited rock to undo glacial handiwork, but hold out boulders remain, unwilling to part with the deeds. Climbing across them, children find themselves on the moon. This is genuine Manhattan schist. Except that's a rock, Nathan. <coughs> schist is a rock. Sure. Except no substitutes. In search of bygone days, he wanders. The tree he and his brother used to climb is no longer so tall, and kids have snapped off the branches they made rungs. He climbs up anyway. 13 stitches. Okay, so that is presumably a collection of cohesive thought. Oh, right. But obviously he's jumping around a lot. And uh-huh. There's a lot right. in there. Um, so some of the main things... Um, Frisbees. He, yeah, he's talking like uh, the people in the park, and he's kind of angry at the people in the park. There's the jerk on the unicycle. He makes fun of the guy practicing like Tai Chi or whatever. Right. Um, and... He, he talks about this dude, like, thinking about, like, memories in his past. Yeah, so then it, part of the... It's kind of assumed to be him, right? Okay. Um, or not. I, he al- he always uses he and she throughout the book to refer to just strangers. Yeah. A um, couple things I wanted to to look at. So there's, a, there's, there's this piece of he- in here that says, Dead men dynamited rock to undo glacial handiwork, but hold out boulders remain. Um. So Central Park, if you if you if you go, there are these huge rocks that jut out of the park, okay, uh, out of the ground, and they're natural. They are the natural like bedrock of Manhattan. So Manhattan um, actually comes from uh, Native American word Manahatta, um, which is uh, translated to mean hilly, like hilly island. Right. So like. The original island is really hilly, and when you go in Central Park, there's a lot of ups and downs and, and hills and stuff. But there are a lot of rocks that are placed there, and it is really kind of like uh, the altitude of the park is lower than the rest of the city. You go down is into really? the park a little bit, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's hilly, but but they did dig it out. When he's talking about dynamiting to right. undo glacial handiwork, and the words that he uses to describe the work that was done to create the park make it seem negative yes right dead like, man yeah did this dynamited to undo glacial handiwork well like it's disrupting nature but yeah. in fact it is nature like that's the point of it right so the whole idea is to get back to nature and i think what whitehead is getting after is that this isn't nature we this is this, this is, is man-made. man-made nature yeah this is this is a this is a facade it's kind of interesting because it's not. I mean, they blew up the city to m- try to put nature back to where it was well before. Right. It's not like they went into a forest, blew it up, and planted a forest. <laughs> Got to try that. Highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> um, Me and my buddies used to do that on the weekends. Good time. <laughs> blow up the forest, plant a forest. God, I love college. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, Stevie. Um, so back to Olmstead. I want to get back to this. Of course. So, Olmsted's main philosophy when he was designing the park, um, design should not call attention to itself, and decorative elements should not take precedence. He wants to emphasize the natural. He wants indistinct boundaries between different areas of the park. Mm-hmm. So, it should free flow. It should feel like you are outside. Yeah. When you are in Central Park, it does not feel like you are outside. There's what? a lot of... Pa- there are pathways. There are vendors. There are roads that go through it. Zoos. Zoo, carriages, there's so many money-making things, there's amphitheaters. 
And there are huge parts of it that are just plain. Yeah. But like, um, I, I, I don't, I don't get the sense when I'm there that it is meant to emphasize the natural, but also I'm sure it's different now than it was 150 years ago. Sure. So maybe. So you think it was certainly more natural. Maybe. I mean, you go there now and there's little fences because people let their dog shit wherever they want and they don't pick it up. You're right. So where there normally would be a path through a bunch of green space, it's like, please keep off the lawn. Yeah. Because they have to preserve something because humans suck. Um, there's another piece in here that is kind of repeated throughout the section. This idea of Central Park as a getaway. Right. Because it is, right? It's, it's an oasis. It's city. Um, so... I kind of want to, I know we just read a section of this. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to part of the section that says, um, talking about the gang on skates explodes from the left and the right and yeah. fly from him like spark. It's very chaotic. And then right after that, it says, so you lie flat on your back on the grass, such a rich blue. So kind of really drinking in the natural elements in the midst of all this chaos. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a positive thing. So um, a few pages later, there's another section. Um, and this one is a little bit shorter says, it's got birds and a steady ratio of human to guano contact. Guano, for all you kids at home, is poop. <laughs> it's got weeping willows. They remind me of me. It has ponds. People can't see themselves and pro- pronounce ponds murky, but in fact, they are perfect mirrors. I love mm. that line. We're going to mm. come back to that. Great day to be a caricaturist. Everyone remembered to bring their faces. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Benign sketches will be forgotten under benches and bus seats. The more damning ones lead to new haircuts. Is my nose <laughs> really that big? <laughs> Skin obscured all winters out of practice. Have I always had this mole? And if so, is it getting bigger? All of Could these end with periods. All of these, there's no question marks. His conspicuous long sleeves hide hesitation marks. Souvenirs of that bad summer. The lines at the fountain are too long. Super powerful nozzles drench faces. He runs along, shouting encouragement to his kite. Great day for flying a kite. Tried it in the middle of Broadway once. What a disaster. The boy starts spinning around and around in order to get dizzy and look at his funny walk. Pull up your drawers, girl. He says, I wish we had kids, blaming her with his tone. He never comes here, even though he lives two blocks away. And now that he has forced himself to take in the sunshine, everything is still terrible. Isn't that the cutest puppy? (laughs) the old philosophers said it best picking up chicks at the dog run is easy no particular place to be just taking it all in okay so again there's a lot in that but a lot of yeah you're right a lot of jumping around a lot of a lot of here's an observation here's a thought yeah yep here's Uh, something else very little execution with the thoughts but i think that's kind of the point yeah they're Uh, passing yeah let the art do the showing and then the viewer does the interpreting or the reader in this case or the listener in this case auditory uh, medium. medium um so there's a lot in here about self-reflection mm-hmm. um and both literally and figuratively talking about looking into the pond um and i love that line i'm gonna read it again um people can't see themselves and pronounce ponds murky but in fact they are perfect mirrors mm-hmm so this idea that people come to the park as an escape yeah and and people enjoy it 
mm-hmm. but they they aren't the person they think they are when they come to the park. Do you know what I mean? Like you go to the park and you're like, I I'm a New Yorker and I go to oh, the park. Oh yeah. Like and I go jogging Central I, Park. Yeah, I spend a day outside and I feel great. And they look in the pond and they expect to see somebody who loves the outdoors and is made joy joyful by the sunshine. Mm-hmm. And they see dirt and they see nothing. So it goes back to this idea: Is Central Park truly an escape? Like, mm. I and I feel this way too when I walk through it. I'm like, this is nice. It's nice to see green, but this has all been planted all here. This is man-made. The city, right? And you can still see the si- skyscrapers. Right. But I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One: um, Does the fact that it's man-made well, no, I just have one more question. Does the fact that it's man-made take away from the escape? Does something really have to be natural in order for somebody to take joy in it? Or maybe for you to take joy in sure. it? Sure. I don't I don't think so. I like 100% natural beauty is awesome. I love it. National parks. National parks. Love them. But even when we go to national parks, that's a very curated experience. Sure. You know, we have trails that are set for us. Sure. But I don't think something being man-made inherently subtracts from its escapism or, or, or allure, right? Sure, like, to truly be in some place untouched by man or, or society or whatever yeah. is probably incredible. I don't know that I've ever been someplace completely untouched. Right, well... By in essence of you being there, like well, it, uh, yes, it is therefore touched. But for me, there, I don't think the fact that something has been, we could say, curated or tampered with, inherently takes away from its beauty. I think it can certainly, but I don't think it inherently is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think. Um, there's a difference too between the idea of losing yourself in nature, in nature, right? And like to go to this place for self-reflection, to be in nature, to exist in nature, if that's your goal, or to just use it as an escape. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a couple points where he kind of gets at that. So in this last section that I just read says he never comes here even though he only lives two blocks away and now that he has forced himself to take in the sunshine everything is still terrible it's not a cure-all right right and just because there is nature there is sunshine you're not losing yourself in it because that's not what it is it's not nature it is green you can escape from the city but only to a to a fake park to a fake greenery Uh, yeah i hear that um but there in the in the first passage he says like yeah i can lie on my back i can enjoy i can see the blue sky and it is beautiful um so you can appreciate it as an escape i have to say the idea of central park and being in central park makes me feel like i'm in like um 1984 a little bit like it's oh, such really? a cure it feels and i know that like 
I only think this because I have this idea that if it is, I believe that. I think if something is man-made to that level, then it's not worth enjoying almost. Like it's really, I don't know. It's so pretentious to say that it's very hippie, but like, yeah, I'd so much rather just like walk through the middle of the woods. Right. We were just, we were just having this conversation about camping. I would so much rather go backpacking than camping because I feel like backpacking is a more real experience. As opposed it is to camping, you with nature, not you at a campsite at a campsite in nature. Right, exactly. That's kind of the difference in my head. Not that camping can't be an enjoy- enjoyable experience. Right. It's not the experience that I find enjoyable. And the whole idea of Central Park, people really, it bothers me that somebody would believe that it is a true escape. Yeah. Well, that it is an escape to nature, maybe. Fair. Um, it is not anything can be an escape. Yeah. Any, yeah. But if we're yeah. Um, we're on the same page. Yeah. But you know, it's it's so chaotic when you're in there. In the park? In the park. And then and there's another couple sections in here where it talks about, like, you leave the park and you're right back into the midst, in the midst of the city. Like, right. Uh, there's one where it's he talks about walking um, out of the park and one by one the skyscrapers rise up around him and all of a sudden put your hands up, you're surrounded. Mm, yeah. Like. That's that kind of suffocating feeling of being arrested by the city. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, this the park absolutely takes takes you away from the the hustle and bustle of the city in that regard. Um, I wonder w- if I could go back to Olmstead's original park if I'd enjoy it more. Yeah. Um, hmm. Olmstead is a. I got to tell you more did, about Olmstead. It, did here's here's my question really quick. So, his original design. How how much has that changed? Like it's like is his is what it is today still like generally the same like layout and everything, but with more like maybe like vendors and distractions and stuff. It is extremely similar. So if you look at it's called the Greensward Plan, um, and you can find pictures of this. Um, they it it is really similar. There's big reservoirs and there's trails planned out. Um, it it is really similar to what the park looks like today. Um, however, the the biggest change is just, I mean, New York is ever changing, right? Right. And it's it, since eighteen fifty something or eighteen sixty something, it has become the epicenter of capitalism. Yeah. Um, and so there's a, obviously a lot more like street vendors. You walk anywhere within two blocks of Central Park and there's guys harassing you with pamphlets saying, "Yay, take a tour of Central Park. Get on my horse and I'll or get on my get on the <laughs> carriage on the back of my bike and give me $30." Yeah. And there's little screaming kids with sunscreen on their face and everything is so touristy. I mean, 42 yeah. million people. It's really hard to feel True. like it's an escape cuz it's not just it's not just Oh, it's the park in the middle of the city. Right. It's a tourist attraction in one of the largest cities visited by tourists in the world. In the entire world, yeah. I I have found there are a lot of small parks all throughout Manhattan. I really like Washington Square Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other parks that provide the kind of peace and tranquility that you would be looking for when you go to Central Park. That Central Park... I don't think really offers people maybe people who are used to it, but a lot of people use it as a running path. Um, people run and bike through it. That's, that's, I don't know. I, it's not my favorite place in the world. Um, I, I would tend to avoid it if I, if I go back to New York. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But yeah, there was there was a time when I walked around kind of the perimeter of Central Park um, with a friend, and we, and it was really peaceful and it was really tranquil, and we talked about life. But we could have done that walking on the city streets. We just used the park as an avenue to do so, right? Um, Which sounds like a lot of people do, right? I mean, it's nice to breathe in fresh air. But how fresh is it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, so this Olmstead guy. Um, Frederick. He, yeah, Frederick Law Olmstead. Freddie O. He was extremely... Because um, he designed one of the buildings in Washington, D.C., am I correct? He designed the landscape for the Capitol building. That's it. I couldn't remember if it was the Capitol building or the White House. Um, yeah, so he also had... He had a lot of stuff. It was just a select list of selected works. Um, Prospect Park in Brooklyn. He designed the grounds for UC Berkeley. Oh, um, right. the Biltmore in Asheville, yeah. North Carolina. Um, yeah. he was um basically the entire the planner of the entire 1893 Columbian Exposition in Chicago. The Chicago um, Expo. Yep, that's that's a big one. Man, we should talk about that on a history episode. Yeah, I love that'd the be Columbian Expo. Or or maybe Devil in the White City, and we can make it English. Um, um, and then also just a little uh homage. Um, he designed a little park on an island in the Detroit River called Belle Isle. Um, wow. Yeah, I've been to that one. Uh, it's, How is it? It's gorgeous, and it's really well planned out, and nobody goes there. Um, every time I've gone, it's been completely empty. Really? Yeah. There's a, <laughs> my, I was visiting my grandparents in Detroit once, and, um, and uh, my granddad was uh, reading the paper, and the day before... We he had driven me around Belle Isle, um, and there's there's ball fields and there's a water park and there's an old petting zoo that's closed down now. <laughs> um, there used to be an old um, like um, oh, what's it called like an event space. There used to be a casino or a dance hall or something like that that old people used to go to, but nobody goes there anymore. Right. Big fountain in the middle of the thing. People fishing all over. And then there's a woods and a trail. And it Sounds was tight. It was really gorgeous and it was really serene. Um, there's flowers everywhere and we were kind of talking like, man, it's so cool that in, in Detroit, you know, there's this gem, like this diamond in the rough. Um, and then the next morning after we went, we'd just driven through the woods, granddad's reading the paper and there's two bodies found in the woods. Uh, of Yep. I can't escape it. That's Detroit. Baby. Um, so Real quick about Frederick Law Olmsted. It's a great story. I don't know where I heard this from, and I can't substantiate it, but I heard this story. <laughs> um, Those are the best stories. He kind of got crazy as he got older. Um, and there's a story that he went into a meeting uh, as, like, an advisor, and he had, like, a pigeon in his coat pocket. No, what? And he just stayed silent, like, the entire meeting, and he got uh, angrier and angrier. And at the end of the meeting, they're like, so, Mr. Olmsted, like, what do you think? It's like, why don't you ask... Or he said, like, uh, you know, we've been sitting here this whole time, and not once have you asked what he thinks. <laughs> and he pointed to the bird. <laughs> Could other people see the bird? Uh, yeah, the bird. Yeah. Was I the, thought you meant he had it, like, in no, his No, coat, no, no. Like, like, oh, and then he okay. walked out of the meeting because they didn't ask the bird's opinion. The dude went off the. That's incredible. Event. Yeah. Um, oh, that's incredible. So I um, kind of, just to kind of tie this into to something else. Okay. There's a theme in Japanese art um, from a few f- few centuries ago. You go to the art museum, look at scrolls, right? 
Um, there's a yeah, theme. Yeah, that's in, how I spend my Saturdays. Okay, whatever. There's a theme in 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 um, old Japanese art that romanticizes escaping to nature. Sure. Which obviously makes sense. Um, but it's the idea that you can really find true peace by giving up, by getting away from the hustle and bustle and just going into the middle of the woods and existing. Fair enough. Playing music in the middle of the woods. Um, and I don't think that's too crazy, but that was like a huge theme. Like that was, if you really wanted a fulfilling life, that's what you did. Hmm. Um, I don't think we're too far away from that now. I feel like the same idea, that same theme is kind of echoed in a lot of what we Sounds valid, yeah. Is is that any more real than just going to Central Park? And you still have all the privileges of of whatever modern life is, right? So obviously modern life now is different than modern life then. But like you still have all the knowledge of modern life. You're not really roughing it. You know what I going mean? Going to Central Park? Well, going to Central Park or going to play going music anywhere. into the middle of the woods or going camping. Like right. you're not you're not really calling back to our ancestral deeds of like hunting for food oh, and gathering no. for berries. So what's the point? Like why do we feel like must we suffer to make it a real, tangible experience? Do you know what I mean? I think I think two different things here. One, I think putting yourself into the situation of, say, like, whatever, you go backpacking instead of camping, right? You're theoretically putting yourself through more suffering to do that, right? Say you want to hunt, like, you want to go fishing and cook the fish that you eat. Sure. That you're going to eat. I think that choosing to do that well i think that that sounds very enjoyable or or to really th- like fend a for lot yourself. of an escape yeah. right, right? Uh, is is what we're talking about i think that sounds like accurate i think that sounds like it would be fulfilling in that sense i don't think I have ever done that personally, but the idea of it does sound appealing to be fully like self-sufficient, basically yeah. to live off of the land. I think that is appealing for whatever reason that might be. I don't know if I'm thinking, Oh, I want to be like I'm living 600 years ago. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I think it can be simply for the reason of wanting to have a feeling like you're more connected to nature. To something bigger. Sure. I don't know that I would say something bigger. No? Not necessarily. You I, don't think that's the point? Of 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 nature? Of to of escaping to nature. To be one with nature is to be part of something bigger, right? I suppose. That's not how I necessarily see it, but I, I uh, I guess I agree with that. When we went to uh, Rocky Mountain National the first time, uh-huh. I mean, didn't you feel just like awestruck? Like you're like, yes. holy crap, everything is yes. big and I am small. Yes. Like it really puts things into perspective. I agree. And we thought, and we said when we were there, we we're like, man, the next time we do this, we should go off trail. We should take a satellite yeah. phone and just hike and just go. Why did we want to do that? 
Like, why is that our natural inclination? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I go backpacking with somebody, something that I do, one of my backpacking tricks, my dad <laughs> taught me this, you cook a frozen pizza the night before, uh-huh. and you put it in the freezer again, and, you, you kinda let, and then as you kind of go into the woods, it'll thaw. Or you just put it in the fridge. So your your trick is bring leftovers. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. <laughs> Squirrels hate this one trick. <laughs> Squirrels hate him. Fish want to be him. <laughs> Fish will never understand the concept <laughs> of leftovers. They just don't get it. Squirrels get it. They got acorns for days. Yeah. But if I'm going backpacking with somebody and I got the pizza in the bag. And we and we set up camp and we start a fire and I'm eating up pizza and he's fishing right and he's like pizza huh city boy I'm like yeah what I don't uh, need to fish that's not the point the point is not for me to suffer but then why did I want to go backpacking in the first place right. why isn't camping just enough because mm-hmm. I definitely had that uh, thought up to that point yeah. I don't know it's 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 really interesting and you can see that Colson Whitehead is kind of kind of wrestling with this idea too of like i am enjoying laying in the grass and seeing the big Mm -hmm. bright blue sky that i don't normally see with all the skyscrapers but this isn't the ultimate escape yeah it's i don't even know if you'd call it an escape i mean it sure maybe maybe just a change of scenery yeah i mean it depends it's only an escape if you're running from something that's true you know what i mean yeah yourself there is a passage in here about the runners in Central Park and how they're running from something. Um, That's, I mean, yeah, aren't we all? Yeah. Well spoken. No problem. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of of really interesting stuff with Central Park. Um, I mean, the the amount of construction and stuff that went into it. Um, it's also kind of shady. Like, they cleared like sixteen hundred people. So that they could build the park, like they had to like, oh, because people lived there. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Yeah. It 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 wasn't uh, wasn't super awesome for those people. Yeah, I bet. Um. But yeah, it, uh, obviously, forty-two million people a year love it more than I do. So maybe I shouldn't crap all over Central Park. It really, I mean, it's a cool, it's cool to see like the juxtaposition of the green versus the city. Yeah. I mean, that's to me the most interesting part of it. It's like, oh, I'm in the middle of a park and I can still see all these skyscrapers. I'll tell you what I think is the greatest escape that you can get from New York City. There's there's a little place that you want to go to on the 4th of July, right? You're going to go out to Coney Island. Oh my God. All right. Greatest spectacle. What are we talking about? What are you talking about? These guys, they just. You ever heard of Joey Chestnut? Oh my. (laughs) The hot dog eater? You're talking about the hot dog, the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest? Exactly. You just like it because it's your name. And is there anything wrong with that? Okay. Well, folks. (laughs) Well. This has been. Do you have any questions for me? Do you have any questions about oh, Central Park? What's your favorite part about Central? Like, like, because I understand there's like it's it's very big. There's a lot of sections. Do you have a favorite section or place in Central Park? Um, Since you've yeah, been there, what, there's twice? there's a there's a place called um, Sheep Meadow. Um, 
and it's it's just like I just looked up. So it's 15 acres. The sheep meadow. Yeah, um, it's it's in the middle of the park. Um, it was originally designed as a parade ground. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. But they there used to actually be sheep there, um, and it uh, the the sheep were removed in 1934. But it's, it's a damn shame. So it's just a big open field, mm-hmm. which is really. I think the reason I like it is because it doesn't feel like the park is telling me where to go and what to do. I don't feel like I have to follow a path. I don't have to see anything. It's just a park. It's, it feels like a park, which in some ways is more man-made because where are you just going to find a huge green spot in the middle of a city? But even still, like that's what I needed when I went there. I needed to have absolutely no stimulus for like two hours. Yeah. Because it really the city is overwhelming. Like if you're going there and you don't have a plan, you're screwed. Like it's it can just beat you down. There's just so much and there's so many people. And if you're not from a big city, and I wasn't at the time, like yeah. So I I just like the fact that it's it's just not it's just a lawn. You know. All right. Do you have a favorite part of? Central Park? Yeah, the Central Park Zoo as portrayed in the movie Madagascar. Okay, so you love kids' movies. We know this. We know this. Um, That will become... Well, when I was a kid, I watched a lot of kids' movies. I think that's fair. Okay, and you were a kid up until, what, yesterday? (laughs) Shut up! Hey, Nathan, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Come on, you can say it. It's okay. Well... My favorite movie. See, there's a couple. There's a couple good ones here. Don't do this. Um, <laughs> one, I want to say Cars. Oh, right. <laughs> Don't dilute <laughs> your your love for the animated Disney Pixar film. I have a Cars. Lightning McQueen T-shirt, and I'm gonna wear it tomorrow. <laughs> All nice. right. Well. I think that'll do it for today. Uh, hopefully, the, that topic was of some interest to our to our listeners. And hopefully, all our, you all feel our big Colson Whitehead fans out there, <laughs> the Whiteheads. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, hope you got your your fill of uh, of uh, Central Park talk. Yeah, is that what we call this? You know, it's a hard it's a hard uh, transition talking about pirates f- to talk about Central Park and escapism and all that stuff. Um, but we did it. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm gonna be the boring one, aren't I? Nah. All right. Yeah, let me just find something super fun and cool to talk about, Matt. Triangles. Thanks, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else for the good of the order? The good of the order. Um. I don't know. Listen to our podcasts more, please. You're talking to our current. Listeners, L- listen more, okay, please. Great. Well, I think that just about does it for this ep of this so topical breeze. Um, I'm Nathan. I'm Andy, and and, and as we'll, as we uh, say, yo ho ho, <laughs> and a bottle of thank <laughs> you. For That's the one. We're keeping it, folks. Yeah, yo ho ho, and a bottle of thank, thank you, you for, for listening. listening. Oh, I love it so much. All, All right. right, peace, everybody.